Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Michael can see down the hall. He live from Studio C. <laughs> See New York. Dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody. Today, middle, middle of the week, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The non-existent advisors who told Joe Biden to keep 2,500 troops. Nobody said that. Nobody. Got plenty more on that coming up. It is Wednesday. I'm the only person on the show on hump day that actually has a camel. So, to point that out. I always say an extra hello to the camel. Extra tip of the cap when I come home. To, when I come home with a camel on a Wednesday. <laughs> I give you a hundred bucks if you start riding him into the studio on oh, Wednesday. Oh, wow. That'd be something. Or just bring him in and have him stand in the corner. hundred U.S. dollars. Boss comes in. What's that? It's a camel. It's hump day. What do you mean, what is that? It's hump day and that's a camel. <laughs> How compli- what kind of question is that? <laughs> How complicated is this? Uh, I just heard some stats we got to talk about later about uh, the COVID and long-term effects that people are getting. Oh, just heard that on the radio. I was listening to the radio. You ever listen to the radio? A lot of learn, a lot of stuff you can learn on the radio. Anyway, there was a news yeah, report a in there that uh, uh, a good chunk of people who get the COVID and recover have you know a variety of ongoing problems, as we've talked about, but it's a, a higher number than they had previously thought. And I don't want any of those problems. Boy, and you know, we, we promised we'd get to it. We never did yesterday because we're liars. But uh, if you do end up getting uh, a significant, a bad case of COVID, what it'll cost you on average oh, yeah. is uh, in the oh my God zone. So... Uh, briefly, why is that? Why doesn't the insurance take care of it like uh, everything else? I guess it's it's one of those things where you pay. It depends on your insurance plan, of course. Uh, let me see if I can find that. Um, I mean, is there something unique to the COVID? Well, it's it, it's what it costs. Who picks up what share of the cost is you know between you and your insurance plan. But the average charge for a complex COVID-19 hospital stay is a little over $317,000. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, that's not a minor problem. I'm looking, I'm scanning this because it's, it's a little complicated what on average people get stuck with. Um, I'll have to, uh, I'll have to reread this and figure that out. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I don't want to I don't want to be in the business of scaring people if insurance picks up most of that. I mean, because uh, we just had a recent medical situation in our family. I think the total bill is like thirty three grand. We paid three um, after. Right. So which ain't nothing. Um, you know, you might want to avoid the covid just for that. Well, if I understand this correctly, the average build charge is three hundred and seventeen thousand. The median bill charge is 208. That's probably a more useful figure. The average estimated allowed amount or the total amount paid to an in-network provider, including plan and patient payments, is 98,000, which would seem to leave a gulf of $110,000. That's got to be the, obviously that's the average of people who end up going to the hospital. 
Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Not everybody yeah. who gets COVID. a complex COVID nineteen hospital yeah. stay, but the vast majority of people won't end up in the hospital. Right. Right. So cool. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's for a hospital stay. Gotcha. You got to go to the hospital. Gotcha. Um. So I don't. I don't want to go to have to go to the hospital and then pay all that money. And I also don't want to have the brain fog or the shaky hands. Right. Or uh, right. I don't really care about sense of smell and taste. I think I'd enjoy it. Oh, that would be tragic. Please, I'd probably hurl myself off a precipice. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> seems, Without the Epicurean delights of smell and taste, fine wine. Seems like an overreaction. Cuisine, etc. Throw yourself off a building. Um, and we got all the uh, political wrangling going on. Uh, what's your sense of how much people are paying attention to this? I'm always uh, hesitant to talk about details of legislation, because I know most of the time when I hear people talking about it, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but You know, that's a great question. I'm scanning my memory banks here. Uh, Real-life conversations I've had recently. I think I think the more politically aware types are aware of the broad outlines of it. But yeah. um, here's, here's a good broad outline for you. I heard a, a journalist, uh, her name is Jay. J.B. Stoddard, doesn't matter if you know who she is or not, but she said, talking to people on the Hill, this is all a dance. Everybody knows exactly what's going to happen, but everybody on both sides has to pretend like it's a battle for all kinds of, I think, pretty obvious political reasons. But everybody knows the Democrats have to raise the debt ceiling on their own, that Mitch McConnell's telling the truth. He's not going to do any Republican. They will, of course, you know, obviously, they're not going to let it go by, but they're trying to squeeze some pain out of the Republicans by making it seem like they're in tragedy or whatever, but they all know they're going to have to. Everybody knows the big giant Bernie Sanders bill ain't going to happen. It just ain't going to happen, at least now. Maybe it will happen weeks from now, months from now, next year. Maybe they'll do bits and pieces of it, but it ain't going to happen. They're going to pass. Hallelujah. The the whether or not, the only question out there is, is whether it is a kabuki theater with the AOC Bernie Sanders crowd, do they actually mean it? Look, we are not voting for this trillion dollar thing unless you put the other one on the floor. Are they serious about that or not? Or are they just trying to, you know, please their crowd that's going to be very unhappy if it doesn't look like they, they fought? Right. Of course. Yeah. They've got to appear to be fighting. And as uh, you know, guys have been observing the far-left politics of Cal Unicornia for the past quarter century plus, I, we can tell you just crazy, stupid, borderline communist, unthinkable policies are floated and laughed at, and then they're floated and they get to a committee, and then they're floated, and the next year after that they can come out of the committee, and before you know it, three, four, five, ten years down the line, you have... Driver's licenses for legal immigrants, for instance. Right. So this this is the opening salvo. It, well, that's that's not really accurate. This is this is a would be giant step toward uh, turning America into France. It's not going to happen this week, but they will keep trying. Yeah. Yeah. Good. That's a very good point, right? Now. Not yeah. good, you old communist fart, yeah. Bernard Sanders. That's right. I just saw Bernie on the TV just a few minutes ago saying, "This is our only leverage. This is our only leverage to make this happen." So. What, did, refusing to vote on the real infrastructure bill? Yeah, I think what happens there is neither one pass and then... So. Well, the, the real one's going to pass, isn't it? The, or, or the lefties got enough votes to not even vote on that or, or deny their votes. Oh, absolutely. There's only They only have a, oh, that's a, right. a margin of, what, four or five in the House. So they only need right. five people to not vote on it, and it doesn't happen. Right. Wow. Man, are we dysfunctional. <laughs> that's the status quo, Joe. <laughs> 
Michael. You're on your game today, dude. Very nice. Oh, that's fantastic. Anyway, we got to bring you up to speed on all that dang stuff. And oh, we got to start the show officially. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this hump day, as I mentioned. That's why there's a camel in the corner. September 29th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I saw that tomorrow Congress is drafting a bill to legalize marijuana. Yeah, that's how bad the country needs money right now. We're like, guess we got to start selling drugs. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good joke. Yeah, that's not bad. How does mail bag look? Oh, it's it's good. Some really excellent points. Some uh, insights. You'll you'll wander through the day stumbling about dumber than you would have been if you tune out. Oh, awesome. Don't make that mistake. Dumber than you would have been right. if you tuned out. Right. Did the president lie to America about the advice he was given around Afghanistan? That is one of the big questions. And even the lefty news channels are saying, eh. <laughs> well, he either lied or he's just a senile old fool who can't remember. <laughs> That's a possibility. Anyway, we've got all that stuff on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I know you mentioned you're following uh, baseball pennant races. There's some exciting stuff there. There's like, what, seven American League teams that could make the playoffs? Uh, or all kinds of ties you could have with 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 one game playoffs next week and stuff. Very exciting. Oh yeah, yeah. And you know I'm an NL West fan, and that's tight as can be. Well, you got the two best teams in all of baseball, far and away. Giants Dodgers on a collision course for maybe one of the epic Giants Dodgers battles in playoff history. Ah, pretty exciting stuff. I don't know if I can take the stress. <laughs> Mailbag. Well, sorry, wrong. You can buzz me if you want, Michael. It's fine. It's the freedom-loving quote of the day instead. I long to get back to our series from Marcus Tullius Cicero, the great Roman thinker and legislator. But y'all keep sending such great uh, options for the freedom-loving quote of the day via email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I'm just going to go with the the peeps, the will of the peeps. Uh, Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day from Albert Camus, the great uh, French author. The welfare of humanity is always the alibi of tyrants. The welfare of humanity is always the alibi of tyrants. That's true. You know, I had a thought. Nah, we don't have time for my thought. Oh, hold on to my thought. Penny, for your thoughts? My dad carries a Camus quote in his wallet. Oh, really? Yeah. How interesting. I don't remember which one it is. I'll have to ask him. Yeah, please do. I'd love to hear that. Your dad, the avid horseman, the realist, the down-to-earth Midwesterner, carries a quote from Camus. I find that very interesting. Mailbag. Woohoo! Here's my thought. I'm going to unleash my thought on you right now. Cancel it. Turn off the organ. Stop it. You know how Milton Friedman always said, reject any tax increase reflexively. Right. The only way to get government to be efficient and serve the people is to starve it. Otherwise, it becomes giant and bloated and corrupt. <laughs> It's a good thing Friedman isn't with us anymore. He'd be going crazy. 
I was just I was going over you know that Camus quote, and uh, we have a number of emails about you know, COVID policy and and uh, restaurateurs who are about to lose their family's uh, financial future and just all sorts of stuff. And I'm thinking, reject all emergency powers reflexively. Just reject huh. them. Here's here's what you say. How about we do it with your regular powers and see how it goes? That's that's pretty good. Oh no, this is an unprecedented blah blah blah. No 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 no. As we Let's know, see how we do. As we know, after nine eleven and after the COVID hit, those are the two big ones of my lifetime. Obviously, um, people were in a fever. I mean, it was pretty easy to to for the government to to do extraordinary things, and they did, and they including did quite a few that were. Utterly indefensible. And a lot of them don't go away. Yeah, yeah, indeed. All right, mailbag now. <laughs> I, had that, I had that stuck in my craw. I had to get it out. Oh, your craw was all red and irritated. Oh, boy. Uh, we got this note from Jeff pointing out that the MacArthur Foundation has announced yeah. their 2021 Genius Grant winners, and this year's 25 winners once again include Ibram X. Kendi. I was going to talk about that in detail later as the National Review wrote a blistering piece about that, and should. It's just ridiculous. One of the most dangerous racists in American history gets richer, even though everything he writes is freaking nonsense. And one of the point points of the MacArthur Awards thing is it helps out, you know, people that haven't already made money so they can achieve their dreams and whatever. This guy is making, he gets like $30,000 a speech to go to your school and convince everybody they're a racist. And and the, the, the black kids should hate the white kids. The white kids should be afraid of the black kids. Oh, yeah, just delightful. He is Un- undoing Martin Luther King. And my local school district bought a whole bunch of copies of the book. Oh, um, uh, as did almost every school district in America, probably. Um, he's an evil presence on the scene. Actually evil. And your school district is buying his books thinking they're doing the right thing. It's really uh, unfortunate. And indoctrinating your children into his twisted beliefs. So more on that to come. Uh, I like this from uh, Linda. I think it's Linda. Uh, so I decided to reach out to discuss the devolution of our society with you guys by listing the petty annoyances I've encountered as of late. For instance, and I think she writes for all of us. For instance, have you noticed that mail delivery is no longer reliable at all? My property taxes were never delivered to the county auditor this year, and the only way I knew was when I saw the late fee on the website. Oh, boy. When I called the treasurer's office five times to try to pay, no one answered. Bought six sets of patio doors at Lowe's, who does not stock the screens. First set took a month to arrive and were the wrong size. Second set took two months to arrive and had one with a bent frame, and two whose bottom wheels were misaligned. Recently went to Burger King, the gal in the drive-thru told me I could only pay with card or exact change, because a fast food place neglected to obtain change. Right. So I went over to McDonald's, ordered a number seven with Sprite, but they were out of Sprite. Out of Sprite? Did I write this? <laughs> I know she's is, writing for is, all is, of us. Is there anybody listening to this who's not saying, man, sounds about right. Sounds about like my week last week. This is this is like the the, the, the great American novel. This is the story of our times. It is. Now, Perfectly is that, encapsulated. Is that all COVID related? I don't know, but we're not even nearly okay. done. She was out of Sprite, remember? Out of Sprite. <laughs> When I got to the window for my food, they gave me a filet and fries, except number seven is two cheeseburgers. Today, I went to the library, whose hours have been cut in half and where I'm still required to wear a mask. I just wanted to ask someone, anyone, this is a house of knowledge. Why am I wearing a mask? But we all know what happens when we ask these questions. Let me throw in right here, because she's at the library. I was at the library yesterday. Needed needed to go to the bathroom, but the bathrooms are closed inexplicably. (laughs) Because of COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah. COVID hangs out in bathrooms. 
Uh, let's see. We all know what happens when we ask questions. Just look at the Marine in jail for asking why is no one being held accountable for what happened in Afghanistan. That's right. That fellow whose uh, screed we played a few weeks ago is now in the brig. On the flip side, the autocorrect on my phone changed a-hole into casserole. So that was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, casserole. So, ma- so many casseroles. <laughs> God, that might be the email of the year. You, no Brilliant. kidding. You got to read that again later. That was yeah. just too good. Just terrific. And that is so true about, uh, about uh, well, it just, so is that a COVID thing? I feel like we were headed that direction anyway. May COVID, maybe COVID just uh, sped it up. Yeah, yeah, there's undeniably a, a worker shortage, supply chain interruptions that are uh, COVID-related and or government uh, policies reacting yeah, to COVID-related. Customer service had been going south for a long time. Everything is cheap and crappy and made in China. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of those things were headed in that direction anyway. Actually, uh, you know, there, there's a couple more great emails I want to get to, but maybe later on. Uh, the crap that's not made in China is made in Vietnam, but Vietnam is now having uh, a terrible labor shortage because they're being hammered with COVID. Vietnam, which had been worshipped as a model for how to deal with COVID, you know, in like round one. So, as usual, it, it goes away, it comes back, et cetera, et cetera. Vietnam was like locking people up who had COVID, putting them in COVID prison camps. Um, but... COVID prison camps. Yeah, we have a listener who was actually in one and, and sent some pictures of it. Oh, wow. Squalid doesn't begin to describe the uh, accommodations. One star at Hotels.com. Cannot recommend. <laughs> uh, new poll out. Parents are split over vaccinating their kids. I know I don't feel as certain as I did about the vaccination for me. A lot more stuff on the way. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. I recommended that we maintain 2,500 troops in Afghanistan. My assessment was uh, back in the fall of 20, and it remained consistent throughout, that uh, we should keep a steady state of 2,500, and it could bounce up to 3,500, maybe something like that. Their input was uh, was received by the president and considered by the president uh, for sure. So no one, no one told your military advisors did not tell you, no, we should just keep 2,500 troops. It's been a stable situation for the last several years. We can do that. We can continue to do that. No, no one said that to me that I can recall. I'm not sure all those clips fit together properly without a... Mm. So where that audio came from is interesting. Now, obviously, they played that stuff on Fox. But I grabbed that from the beginning of Brian Williams' show last night on MSNBC. He led with that, and they put those clips together in that order. All the clips of the generals saying, yeah, we recommended 2,500, maybe 3,500 troops. Then George Stephanopoulos asking the president, nobody recommended this? No, not that I recall. I'm looking up at CNN. Right now, they're running the very clip of Stephanopoulos asking Joe Biden that. I bounced back. Yep, they did the same thing. They played the Millie Secdef Austin clips and then played Biden saying the opposite of what the generals told Congress yesterday. So yeah. uh, this is not um, this is not being siloed just into the Fox world. No, no, indeed, it's practically uh, everywhere this morning. Uh, you know, Joe Biden 
has been utterly consistent. We got a great email. I've got it around here somewhere about that. How this is precisely what you should expect out of a Joe Biden presidency. He's been consistent through his entire career. He says stuff that isn't so. He makes up stories. He's a gaffe machine. He's forgetful. Um, is it on purpose or is he just confused? I just don't think he has any talent other than figuring out what the majority's in favor of and which way the political wind is blowing and announcing loudly he's there. So I didn't invent this take, but I think it's uh, pretty obvious. The problem isn't really that his judgment was wrong, although judgment is a problem. That's what you elect people for, and if they have bad judgment, it's not good. But he he gets to be wrong about things. But he doesn't get to lie to us. He doesn't get to say, no, no generals told me that. He, right. he, can, he can sit there with Stephanopoulos and say, the generals did recommend that. But I decided that after 20 years, keeping 2,500 troops there was going to draw Taliban fire, and we would be right back in the midst of a war and for who knows how many more years. And I didn't want that. He gets to make that argument, and then people can you know determine whether or not they agree. In fact, right, and then we I, hold an election. I actually right. think the polls would show that most people would agree with him. I think he'd be. A, I think he'd have been in perfectly solid political ground to say that out loud. Yeah, generals recommended that to me. I thought it was a bad idea. We'd end up staying there. I think he'd have been. I think a solid majority of Americans would have been okay that. But he didn't say that. He said, "Nope, nobody told me that. Not that I recall." Yeah. How about a, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs and the SecDef? You know, and at the time, I thought, why would you say that? Well, now it's pretty obvious why he did, he did the lawyer thing. He's a lawyer. He did the lawyer thing, not that I recall. Gives you an out. That way you can say, oh, okay, well, I didn't remember. You know, as everybody knows, following courtroom dramas, right. not remembering is not a crime. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's egregious. It's he so ridiculous. And, and, uh, but I can't decide whether it's that he's mostly a liar or mostly senile. Did he say that on purpose? Did he do the lawyer thing there? Did he on? Did he completely, strategically say, not that I recall, because he wanted to cover the fact that he knew he was lying? Hmm. Well, interestingly enough, Jen Psaki, do we have the Jen Psaki I'm stuff? not sure he remember. recalls what day it is, so that's what gives him cover. Right. <laughs> true international well, depression. Well, true true that. I'm, try, I'm, I'm scanning the list. Do we have, uh, because uh, Jen Psaki. Of course, was uh, asked to. Oh, there it is. Yeah, let's let's go with forty-seven. That set up a point I want to make. The president said his military commanders were split. We now know that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, the head of CENTCOM, General McKenzie, and the commander on the ground, General Miller, all recommended the president keep twenty-five hundred troops. So, who in his military advisors told him it'd be fine to pull everybody out? I'm not going to get in specific details of who recommended what. So Jen Psaki offered up a number of defenses as she was grilled by the reporters, uh, and it was good to see the toothless American media wake up and do their jobs. Um, but she did not at any point say, well, the president just forgot. He just he didn't recall that they said that. Everybody <laughs> knows they did. And, you know, I'd, I'd given a short shrift to the list. I mean, the commander of CENTCOM, the guy on the ground, the SECDEF, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs. It was like <laughs> a, a Greek chorus. It was like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir all singing, Keep 2,500 troops. <laughs> and the president didn't recall it. At no point did Jed Saki say, that's the reason. I just forgot. <laughs> Who needs 2,500 troops? I do. <laughs> um, A fabulous and obscure Simpsons reference. <laughs> um, 
So, yeah, so the question is, it hadn't even occurred to me, but the real question is, did he ignore the advice, which he gets to do? He's the commander-in-chief. They're advisors. He doesn't have to agree with them. Or did he actually forget? Because he said, not that I recall. Did he forget? Isn't that wow. That's a decent question, right? Did he yeah. forget that multiple advisors told him it would be a good idea to keep the troops there? <laughs> I mean, because that seems like a problem. You know, I could get lawyerly and go into the wording of uh, uh, Stephanopoulos' question, but I don't think that's what's happening here. He's either senile a liar or a lying senile liar. Well, that bad at care. Well, <laughs> certainly evidence for uh, all of those conclusions. So, again, I think it's pretty darned interesting that MSNBC, on maybe the most partisan show they have on the network, Brian Williams at night, led with that last night, juxtaposing the president with the testimony of the day. I mean, that was their lead story. So I thought I thought that was... They've got to be worried in the White House, man. When, when MSNBC is doing that to you, that's got to be worrying. What do you think the calculation is among progressives at MSNBC? I would guess it's that they think Biden is shot and he will tar the Democratic Party and 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 saddle them with a defeat. I, I don't. Well, I don't know. I was I was going to say I think that you know they're all journalists for the most part, and they went to journalism school. They got into journalism. I think there are some things that are just so egregious you got to cover them. I mean, you can't. You can't ignore some of these stories, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. they did a pretty good job of ignoring yeah. stuff during the Trump era, but that was the Trump era. And, uh, you know, they were all at such a fever pitch, a part of the resistance, the brave resistance. So, different topic. I thought this was really interesting uh, yesterday, and I'd be interested in what your opinion is on this. Because I think I was saying at the time, too, how come nobody has resigned over any of this? I mean, if you were giving advice that you really believed was uh, the right advice and the, the president's going the other direction. Do you resign or what do you do? Senator Cotton actually asked that question yesterday to General Milley. General Milley, why haven't you resigned? It would be an incredible act of political defiance for a commissioned officer to just resign because my advice is not taken. My dad didn't get a choice to resign at Iwo Jima. And those kids there at Abbey Gate, they don't get a choice to resign. And so I'm not going to resign. I thought that was a pretty good answer. I did, too. I respected it. He's up there on Capitol Hill saying, I suggested 2,500 troops. So he's not covering for the old man. Um, he's speaking his mind. And, you know, if he was repeatedly ignored, his advice, you know, at that point, maybe you got to part ways or, or, or quit the job or whatever, um, get reassigned to the Pentagon. Uh, but given the fact that, as you put it, Biden's ultimate position is pretty defensible. I mean, not the execution, sure. as as the, the the general put it, and I'm sure we have the clip that it was a uh, a logistical success getting all those hundreds of thousands of people out, but a tactical failure and a miserable one. Uh, but uh, have, putting that aside, Biden's ultimate stance: we're going to get our people out, we're going to get our countrymen out, uh, and then good luck Afghanistan. That's defensible. And remember, there's a quote from a book from years ago. Uh, Richard Holbrook, uh, Richard Holbrook's diaries, I think it's called, or memoir. Anyway, famous ambassador, doesn't matter who he is, but there's a quote in there from Joe Biden from many, many years ago saying, F that, when he wanted to get out of Afghanistan years ago, F that, when, when, when somebody brought up the, uh, the idea of how it's going to fall apart and it'll go back to the Taliban and they'll all be screwed and lots of people die. He said, F that. 
Kissinger and Nixon did in Vietnam, and they didn't pay a political price. We'll be fine. So that's his that's his belief. Yeah, it's going to be really ugly and messy, and lots of people are going to die. But ultimately, we'll be out. People won't pay a political price, and we'll move on. And I, I think that might actually work for him. Well, given the fact that you, a skilled wordsmith, silver-tongued, everybody knows that, but you explained Biden's position in like 25 words off the top of your head. Why didn't the old man just say that to Snuffleupagus? I don't know that. That's that's a good question right there. Steady he lies or he's seen I just he's, 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 he's awful. He's a bad president. A terrible <laughs> bad the president. failed Down. Biden. <laughs> the failed Biden administration. I think now today is the day <laughs> we unveil that phrase and I will use it, my friends, repeatedly. <laughs> Yeah, we've got more on that. I'll tell you what, the House is coming after those same guys today. That was their senators yesterday, and they tend to have a little more decorum. House members, you know, they, uh, they're they there to put on a show. And sure. <laughs> they're going to bring in monster trucks and smoking monkeys. <laughs> and uh, and, and uh, they'll be putting on a show today with the... Tear their shirts open, go Jerry Springer. Questioning the very same people, so we'll have more of that today. Um. Uh, oh, uh, they just surveyed people about getting vaccinations for your kids. I, this is a hot topic among people with school-age kids. Are, uh, are you going to go along with this? Oh, boy. Uh, some of the biggest school districts in the country have m- made it mandatory, and uh, that might be coming to you. But anyway, all that stuff on the way, and what are your thoughts on any of the things we've talked about? Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Post office announced that its mail delivery is about to get slower and more expensive. It seems like the changes have already got into effect because they mailed out that announcement two months ago. (laughs) Yeah, the post office is implementing new service standards for first class mail and periodicals. And that's how you know the post office is antiquated. They call magazines periodicals. (laughs) No kidding. You remember when Trump gutted the post office and removed post boxes? God, you remember when that sort of idiotic non-story would get so much attention just because it seemed like a good shot at Trump? Anybody who uses the term periodicals. Wow. All right. Um, Time to to re-vulcanize the tires and (laughs) fill it up with petroleum distillate. (laughs) Speaking of the Simpsons. So it was a unanimous vote yesterday... After an hour of public comment, San Diego Unified School District Board approved mandatory vaccines for all employees and students. So if you're going to go to school in the San Diego School District, you got to get vaccinated, just like in the L.A. School District and the New York School District and a number of others across the country. So it's getting to the point where you don't got no choice for your kids. Uh, Axios Ipsos poll out today. Parents may not want vaccines for young kids. 57% of parents with kids aged 12 to 17 said their kids were already vaccinated or likely to get the shot, while 40% said they're not likely to get the shot for their child. 40% not likely. I think this is going to be an enormous story and an enormous crisis for school districts like, you know, San Diego. I would say you can't have dang near half the students not coming to school or being booted out of school. 
Okay, somebody explain this to me. You can text us, 415-295-KFTC, or email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. The kids are at practically zero risk from COVID. Practically zero. Certainly Unless from they have, deaths. If from deaths, right. it's just a tiny microscopic number. And if they have that sort of comorbidity, I'd suggest you get them vaccinated. So the kids are at practically zero risk. The faculty and staff, if they want to be vaccinated, are vaccinated. Given the fact that there are some risks to young people from the vaccine, what the hell are they getting vaccinated for? For the tiny chance that they could get it and spread it to other teachers? I mean, Who that's, are vaccinated? That's the only argument. Who are fully vaccinated. So you've got an infinitesimal risk to the kids, likewise the teachers, but you're going to jab every kid and it's compulsory. And I'm pro-vaccine. I took it. I'm glad I took it. If they tell me to get a booster, I'm going to get it. If you had a seven-year-old in school, would you make them get it? No. No, I don't think I would. Uh, I would be digging hard into what information you can still find of a truthful nature about uh, adverse events. Yeah, so that's funny you would mention that. Um, YouTube just announced. Here it is. YouTube is banning all anti-vaccine content. So anything that is about, hey, here's one reason you ought to think about twice before you get the vaccine. Sorry, you can't be on YouTube. So, <laughs> Well, and even something as innocent as we need to take a look at adverse events uh, and figure out how they relate to the risk from COVID uh, to the children, like I was just describing. Even that sort of thing is going to be banned because it's dangerous. It's misinformation. So like you just said, trying to find the information is difficult. Um. But that man, that is something. I'm not in that position yet, but I suppose I might be very, very soon. Of, well, I guess I'm going to get my kid jabbed with this thing, or he doesn't get to go to school, or you get to do Zoom, which is practically the same as not going to school. Yeah, given what I know about the risk to kids from the vaccine, um, it's 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 fairly small. I mean, it depends on your perception, I guess. I wouldn't be frightened of my kids getting the vaccine. I would definitely keep an eye out for the adverse reactions and that sort of thing. Of course, they are possible. I don't have the numbers in front of me. This is based on eight months of the vaccine being around? Well, right, exactly. And given the the scarcity of, of, you know, any real risk to the kids, um, I don't understand why the gamble is compulsory. Well, I'm sorry, that's not strong enough. I think making it compulsory is loathsome. I think it's awful policy. The district, uh, we're talking about San Diego here, but it's the same for several other big school districts around the country, I'm sure. The, the district said it proposed the vaccine mandate to, quote, ensure the highest quality instruction in the safest environment possible for all students and employees. The safest environment possible is a prison. Or a veal calf crate. That's nonsense. I hate that sort of verbiage. It's the heck. It's a heck of a standard. Well, that was the whole thing you read was nonsense. I mean, if you're going to do that, you need to absolutely ban candy bars from lunches, and I mean all kinds of different things. If you're going to go with the safest possible, if one person out of ten thousand has an ill effect, we've got to eliminate it. Standard, which is right, exactly. What, which is what you're doing. If you look at the stats for. Uh, COVID for kids. Drug the kids and strap them to chairs. That would be the safest environment possible. That is idiotic. And that first part, uh, we've mandated vaccines, enabled it. Uh, read that again, would you? Uh, and then I got another part to read to you from the school board president. Um, 
The the district said it proposed the vaccine mandate to, quote, ensure the highest quality instruction and the safest environment possible for all students and employees. Bull S. That's not an argument. That's not a justification. Parents right now are sending their students to school and want to know we're doing everything we can to keep those students safe. The kids are safe already. Now, the school board president, and I have no way to verify this or not, both parents and staff, the overwhelming majority we hear from, are saying this is the right step to take. Well, then they'll get their kids vaccinated. Right. That's the part I don't get. Nobody can stop you from wearing a mask or getting vaccinated. You can go ahead, even without a mandate. Go ahead. Hey, and I don't know what's the matter with you people. You're crazed with fear. You're superstitious. You're irrational or what. But if you do get your 10-year-old vaccinated, so that 10-year-old who was hardly at any risk whatsoever, I mean, tiny microscopic risk from the COVID, now is at as close to zero risk as it can be conceived by the mind of man. And yet you still demand somebody else get jabbed. Why? Your kid's at no freaking risk. I don't know. It's interesting. Humanity is an irrational, dumb beast. We're little better than cattle. We have better art. I was was looking at quotes from the school board meeting. I have no way of knowing what the majority of parents want, but it's certainly possible. I think in uh, in the area I live in, I'm sure a majority of parents would be for a mandatory vac- vaccination based on looking at all the kids masked outdoors at the park still. so Yeah, I'll bet you're right. Anyway, I suppose I got that decision coming here in uh, coming days. Of course, in uh, my town, in the last one I lived in, too, there would be like running street battles if they tried to implement this. <laughs> I tell you what, the, the world is gonna, it's making me nuts. Yeah, This is why I drink humanity. Humanity sucks. Boo. That makes you feel good. Yeah, that's a good reason. Forget my problems. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty.